in your business, do you ever have clients that don't pay invoices on time and you have to chase them? Literally chase them? <laughs> I've literally chased people. Yeah. Um, You've chased people in real life? In real life, I've chased people. Welcome to the Happy Clients Podcast, brought to you by Dot & Company, the world's best and only team of client account managers for digital marketing agencies. Whether you're a virtual assistant, an agency owner, or a client-facing account manager, we all deal with clients. Lucky for you, client management is what we do best. On the Happy Clients Podcast, we won't shy away from the ups and downs of managing clients in the agency world, but we'll be right there alongside you to learn together and share the real juicy stuff we'll undoubtedly face when it comes to client management. Now, let's dig in, chat cam life, and have some fun along the way. Cheers to happy clients. Welcome back to another episode of the Happy Clients Podcast. Today is a bonus episode and we have probably our favorite guests ever. We have two really special guests and we might be a little biased, but they're actually really great entrepreneurs. They have great work ethic. They are our partners in crime. Michael Fairweather and Jamie McMaster are here today and we're so excited to have them because not only are they in the family, but they're also really great business savvy people and we've actually been kind of picking their brains as we grow dot. So here we are with Michael Fairweather, Jamie McMaster. Thank you guys so much for coming. So let's start with you, Jamie. So high level, give us just a one-liner of what you do in your job. Yeah, so I run the business operations of the sleep and wellness business, Sleep Therapeutics, and I'm involved with managing the high-level managers in our business, as well as working with our headquarters team as far as strategic growth and operations of the business. Awesome. And Mike, tell us about your day-to-day. Well, your business, I guess. So I'm, I'm a small business owner, a full landscape company, providing landscape construction and maintenance. I basically manage all the employees as well as get out there and get my hands dirty. I do everything from accounting to labor. So Mike, who would be your clients? Our clients range from residential homeowners to commercial property owners to full developers. And Jamie, who would be your clients? We're more one-on-one typically with our clientele, with our patients, but on the other side of it too, a lot of our marketing is done towards physicians and some other influencers in those patients' lives. So there's definitely a really big spectrum of clients here, right? And why we wanted to have you guys on the podcast today is because we know that you can certainly add value to our audience, let them know that client, big or small, whatever they look like, they are a client nonetheless. So I know Mike and Jamie, you both work really hard making those clients happy and make sure that they're returning and that you're getting, you know, business back and creating new business, which is always a great practice. But today we definitely want to dive into kind of what your business looks like and how you guys maneuver around different sorts of clients and what are your tricks to either get the invoice or make sure you're doing the right work for them, making sure they're happy and you're happy and it's all working together. Let's start with you, Jamie. So in the health and wellness space, your clients obviously look different than Mike's in the landscaping. So in terms of the client experience, what does your current client experience look like? And I guess, how are you always 
evolving it and making it better. Yeah, sure. Our client experience is very high touch. We are very focused on having a good client experience and having that patient walk out of our doors at the end of the first month on treatment being highly satisfied and really being comfortable with their treatment and whatever that treatment option is for them. We really focus on follow-up in their initial month or so when they get put on a certain treatment plan to make sure that they're comfortable with it. So for us, it's, it's very high touch and always ensuring that that patient is comfortable with their therapy before they actually leave our doors for the long run. So I guess kind of a hard question, but do you ever have upset clients? Yeah, we certainly do, as does any business. But really, I guess it's the big thing there is that we try and set the expectation with those clients from the beginning and try not to always promise the world to them before they start on therapy. Because as we know, everybody has a different experience in our business, at least with once they do go on a certain treatment plan, that not everybody's going to have the same results right away. And some people it takes longer and some people it's literally an overnight thing for them. So it's all about sharing that and sharing past patients experience with them, but not promising them the world right off the start. Yeah. I think that's so relevant. Yeah. Like realistic expectations. That's always something we're telling agency owners for sure. Right. Or that we're trying to tell our cams to set with agency owners, just working in a realistic time frame. Yeah. And I think the only time that we see upset customers, honestly, is when they're not getting results and they're not getting the results that they were expecting. So I think that always comes back to setting those expectations and there's always going to be upset clients, but just preparing for that at the beginning. One more question for you, Jamie, how do you not let upset clients kind of get in your way or get you down or ruin your momentum that you may have? Because I know that's something that that we even struggle with is like, you know, if a client's upset, we take it personally, but how do you kind of make sure that things are set up? So that's not ruining the momentum you have. I think the the big thing is addressing that client's needs. And if it's not too far gone, trying to help them and please them and what they need. And usually at the end of the day, it does come back to what that expectation that was set in the first place. So maybe revisiting that And then it's just a matter of how do we learn from this and how do we move on from this? And is this a situation that's going to replicate itself down the line? And if it is, then it's something that we definitely need to put processes and procedures in place to make sure that it doesn't happen again, or to try and mitigate it again in the future. Okay. I have one more question. I lied. So when it comes to your clients being in like a director role, are you actually working one-on-one with clients? Very rarely that this, at this stage, Very, very rarely do I actually get to see clients face-to-face. I love those opportunities when I am in one of our locations and I get to discuss, you know, with patients, how, how things are going and just interact with them, but very, very rarely. So you're more high level and we'll kind of dig into that after what your day-to-day looks like, but you know, you kind of hear these things through the grapevines of upset clients if it happens and yeah, yeah, exactly. I think all business owners understand that when it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, that's when you start having those customers come forward. And that's when you're stepping in. Ideally, we hear all the good, the bad, and the ugly, but usually it's just the ugly. Kind of flipping from the sleep and health world, we can move over to Mike, who is actually in landscaping, which is more a manual labor business and working with 
employees and then also having sort of this very vast clientele. I'm sure, Jamie, people come to you and they have a very specific problem and you're trying to solve that problem. Mike has kind of, I guess, different fires he has to put out regularly. So Mike, I think what's important is if you just started with your story, because you were a one-man team and now you've grown and you're managing people and you have a ton more clients. So what if, you know, just you kind of dive in there to that story and then we'll, we'll talk about all your different clients. Sure. Going way back when I, I moved to Korea, taught English for a couple of years, came back to Nova Scotia and couldn't really find a job that, I don't know, paid the bills. I guess you could find a job that could just get you by. And that was basically, I fell back into landscaping and making $12 an hour for a local company. I didn't really have a passion to be a business owner. I had a passion to make money. (laughs) And I knew that going in this direction, that it was where I was meant to be. And if I want to make more money, this is what I wanted to, wanted to do. Working um, for yourself rather than working for somebody else, right? Right. Yeah. So obviously you could be at the bottom of the totem pole making $12 an hour, or you could be benefiting greatly and making all the money. So 10 years ago, I started this company with myself in a five by five closet in an apartment building. I eventually grew it 30% every year. I just wanted to just dive into that story a little bit where there was like one person and now you're growing a team. So you actually have two full tier, right? You have a team that you're managing, but then you're also managing all the clients because you are very client facing as well. Like you are the face of the company. All these good, bad, and uglies are coming right to you. So tell us a little bit about your clientele. I know you have, like you said, you have some residential, also some commercial. So you kind of have like big players and then small players as well. So tell me a little bit about your clients. So we provide service to, to everybody, really residential, commercial, whoever really needs our service. I'd say 90% of our customers are recurring clients, mostly maintenance. However, if you get into a large um, landscape project and if you do a, good, a great job, they'll <laughs> yeah, obviously true. return or refer you. Do you ever have clients who are upset and what are some of their things that they're complaining about? Yeah, typically you're going to come across somebody that has a complaint. It's business. It's just the way you deal with it. They're usually complaining about nitpicky things. We do a lot of maintenance, a lot of grass cutting, just like the small trimming issues, like just minor issues. We haven't really been in an area of total displeasure, but there's always people that are upset about something and it's just the way you handle it that will help you grow your business. And do you find that like being the the business owner and being client facing, does that ever kind of throw you off? If clients are upset and they're coming to you because you're that one who has to absorb it. Whereas like Jamie said, it kind of goes up the ladder and people deal with it before it comes to him. Yeah. So it's super frustrating because when you do get a complaint, Typically being the business owner, it's not you that's providing the poor work or the misstep in something. So you have to absorb it. You have to learn how to deal with it, whether it's getting upset with your employees or just kind of biting the bullet and taking a loss on a project. There's just ways of dealing with it that is going to hopefully make your client approve and be happy. 
And I will definitely say I've been around for the whole existence of uh, Mike's business. So I will say that was something that needed to be learned. It can be super stressful in the beginning, you know, like just kind of starting out your one man team, you take just all that weight on your shoulders. But I think having that confidence and that business savvy to know that there's a million other people that aren't upset and to just learn how to deal with those one-offs is something that you've actually gotten quite good at, Mike. Yeah. It's really the way you, you handle it, the way you deal with it, the way you make your client feel afterwards will get you through the long run. I have a question about invoices. (laughs) because I think every business is so different when it comes to invoicing customers, but I think across the board, it's an awkward conversation when you either have to give someone an invoice. It just, I don't know why it feels weird, but especially if they don't pay them. So Mike, in your business, do you ever have clients that don't pay invoices on time and you have to chase them? Literally chase them? (laughs) (laughs) I've literally chased people. Um, You've chased people in real life? In real life, I've chased people. I don't, th- okay, let's th- just, let me explain the let's story. slow so the roll in the on beginning, chase. He wasn't in a foot race with somebody. No, I was in a car chase. In the, <laughs> in a in the early days, we would do some drive-bys to see if they're home. Why are they not paying the invoice? That's definitely uh, <laughs> was something that we didn't shy away from. But you're a small business and you had, yeah. you know, X amount of clients. You got to do what you got to well, do. You got to pay. Yeah, so you, you have to pay. It's not necessarily the people can't afford to pay their bill. Maybe they're just not on top of their bills, but yes. I mean, ideally that would be the case. Yeah. Ideally that would be the case that they're just like lost in the mail somewhere, but some people just don't want to pay. And it really doesn't matter your financial status. It's really just people have a really strange issue and we see it too, Taylor. Mm -hmm. Some people just don't want to pay the invoice or they forget or. Mm -hmm. Does it bother you, Mike, to have to chase people? Yeah, it really bothers me. What really bothers me is like, I feel sometimes I feel like a, a newspaper boy when I was a kid knocking on the door asking to be paid. I think it's the responsibility of a client to know that they're getting an invoice and to know that they have to pay. For myself, I usually give 14 days grace period. If we do the job the first of the month, I give 30 days plus another 14 days. So like they know they have a bill. They should be ready to pay. They shouldn't call and ask for a service if they can't provide a payment. But yeah, it's very frustrating and it happens all the time. Eventually people do pay, but sometimes I feel like the bad guy or I'm annoying somebody, like harassing somebody, asking for a payment when really it should just be automatic. Jamie, let's flip over to you and talk about invoices and payments and things like that. And especially where you're kind of high level, not doing the actual payment processing, but what does that experience look like for you? Our business is a little bit unique in that uh, a lot of our clientele, their invoices are paid by their private insurance providers. So a lot of our chasing down money is a lot of times dealing with insurance providers, or maybe we didn't get a signature in the right place from, from one of our clients or whatever the case is there. But then on the other side of it is chasing, you know, down the clients or putting the proper payment plans in place. We all, we always offer payment plans being a premium product and just allowing some flexibility for, for our clients. But a big thing for us is just getting those in place before they ever walk out the door. And we always try and have some sort of security on file, whether it's a credit card that we're able to process if they do run away 
that's a big one for us is just having that sense of security on the back end. And of course, there's always people that are going to run away and not pay their bills, but that's just a fact of business. And are you the one actually chasing people? <laughs> not physically. Uh, I don't. Thankfully, don't. I don't have to do that, but <laughs> it is certainly a big role of a lot of our staff day to day. And I think the takeaway here is, you know, just even seeing two different sort of companies or like organizationally, just how it all unfolds, but also that this is a pain point. It's a pain point for digital marketing agency owners. It's a pain point for client account managers. It's a pain point for businesses that are offline even as well. So when you're sitting there at your desk and you're like, why haven't these people paid the invoice? Just remember that you're not alone. People are across the world, not paying invoices for whatever reason. Learn about what you guys actually do as business owners, leaders, directors on a day-to-day basis and where you want to actually spend more of your time. Yeah, good question. I was actually asked this by our CEO yesterday and he posed the question to me if if you had twice the amount of time in your week, what would you do with it? And my first response was I would spend that time golfing, which at first he laughed at, but no, in all seriousness, as an operator of a business, I really look at myself through the eyes of ownership as if I did own this business and what I would do. And a big part of being a senior leader in a business is your strategic growth of the business, whether it's growing your revenue streams or growing your day-to-day operations or your procedures or that kind of thing. And being able to spend some more time working on the business instead of in the business and working on the things that you really want to do to move the business forward and not spending time on what other people basically need out of you and are asking for your day. Yeah. And pulling you into Slack and email and everywhere. And Mike, if you had double the amount of time, what would you want to be doing besides golfing with Jamie and drinking beer? So starting my business, I was given two pieces of advice. You have to spend money to make money and don't work to be busy. So if I had double the amount of time, I'd probably be playing golf with Jamie. (laughs) However, I probably spend more time training employees and kind of being more interactive amongst clients. I do miss that. When I first started my company, I was always on properties. I was always doing a lot of the labor work. I was seeing clients. It was more like a family feel. Like they got to know me. They knew where I came from, what I was all about. But now as the company grows, I'm kind of a little too busy for everything. And that's just such a great foundation to even build a business on with like these relationships and trust. And I think it's funny that you said that about employees too, because there can be sort of a high turnaround rate, especially in manual labor. So treating your employees really team mentality, that's such a great takeaway too. And nice for your boss to be thinking about. I mean, I try to treat everybody with respect and sometimes you just can't give them the attention that they may need. It would just be nice to create a stronger relationship amongst team members and clients. And then in speaking of employees, of course, we're always talking about delegating and what can you get off your plate as the business owner? How can you delegate more? So from your perspective, Mike, in terms of delegating, do you find that difficult? Do you find it's hard to delegate? Is it hard to push things off your plate and just trust that it's going to be done as well as you want it done. 
Uh, that's the number one thing that I struggle with giving other people more power in my company. I don't know if I really, I'm not quite there. I, I trust them in doing the work, but if it comes down to like financials and stuff like that, I find it very difficult to let go. And that's probably the reason why owning a business can be stressful. If you don't delegate work, then you're taking on too much work yourself and can't really focus on the greater good of the business. So Jamie, I guess from your perspective, having quite a big team and your role is not to even be in the day-to-day, it's like multiple layers removed. So how do you find delegating to other people, especially the leadership and managing people? How do you find that? Yeah, I guess from from my perspective, not being in the day-to-day is a bit of a blessing because we do have a little bit more time to coach and train people and to give them you know, the opportunity to walk alongside them as you're trying to delegate things. And at the end of the day, it's the kind of the mama bird kind of perspective in that sometimes you do just have to throw them out of the nest and they will fly. And that's going to be stressful and it's going to be hard on you and it's going to be hard on them for the first couple of times. But at the end of the day, as, as long as they know that you're not going to get upset if they do something wrong, that having that trust and faith in them is what really is going to foster the ability for them to do it to, and to do it well in the long run. I think that's a really good point of just like having that relationship with your employees mm-hmm. enough that they feel comfortable with you. They feel comfortable to make mistakes, to try stuff, but know that you've got their back at the end of the day. Totally. Yeah, I guess the awesome. big thing there too is that understanding that nobody's going to do it the same way as you are. I've heard and this that, before. <laughs> yeah, there, there, may be, there may be two ways to get to the same conclusion or to the, to the same endpoint. So let them struggle through it and figure it out their own way because maybe their way is better than, than your way too. Awesome takeaway. There's a similar process of dealing with things, definitely like a mentality and an attitude towards owning a business, working in a business, working on a business, being a digital marketing agency and a client account manager. So we really appreciate your guys' input. Thank you so much. We definitely understand that owning a business can be the perfect balance of difficult and empowering. And it's always good to kind of touch base with people who do own a business and have that entrepreneurial spirit. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. Can't wait to hit the golf course. Yeah, it was fun. Let's uh, go drink some beer because it's too cold to play golf. (laughs) Welcome to Canada. (laughs) 